Hi there, welcome back to Sunday School. I'm Mike Statham. One of the things I have missed the most during the pandemic, frankly, has been eating out with friends, going to a restaurant with a group of people and just having a good time. Think about all the birthdays, the anniversaries, the special occasions that we always associate with a meal of some sort. We often go to a restaurant or go to somebody's house to celebrate, and food is involved because, well, we're human beings. The act of eating together or being together or socializing, that's something that's been very tough during the pandemic. I'm happy to say that, of course, in our Methodist church, we've still been able to celebrate the communion once a month, and even while we were out at Lee Farm, we had those little cups I have to admit, the first time that I got one of those, I, I guess I didn't get the instructions right. I wasn't aware there was a little sliver of bread inside the top part of the cup. I thought, oh, they forgot to give me the bread. Well, obviously, I was wrong, and I looked at it and saw, oh, you can actually have this little tiny wafer in here. And so we were able to commune together, even though some of us were sitting in lawn chairs. Some of us were sitting inside our cars. We weren't physically gathered in the pews together or kneeling at the altar as we are uh, in our sanctuary. But even then, even at that time, we were celebrating the communion. Well, where does the communion come from? What makes this such an important part of Christian ritual? Uh, you can go to many different denominations of Christian churches. And uh, one of the things that we have in common with 99% of the Christian churches is communion. Now, whether they have an open communion, as we do, where anyone is welcome to participate, or some churches which insist upon membership in their particular denomination before you're allowed to do this, we are still sharing something that all Christians share this feeling that Christ is our companion, that we have a special relationship with Christ and with the other followers of Christ. So today we're going to go to the book of Luke, the Last Supper, the, uh, the inauguration of communion, is told to us in the Synoptic Gospels, and we're going to look at this particular account and look at how it impacted the lives of these people, these companions of Christ, who came together uh, just before his uh, arrest and that would lead up to his crucifixion and then to his resurrection. And we're going to look at the ritual that began that particular night. Now we're in the 22nd chapter of Luke, and uh, the apostles are in Jerusalem. Uh, Christ knew that by going to Jerusalem, he was going to be uh, facing the end of his physical life. He knew that the forces that were against him were working their hardest to try to put, uh, put his teaching to an end. And to that effect, the, um, the uh, enemies of Christ had got to Judas. Judas had agreed to betray Christ. And Judas, in fact, is among the apostles who are here at the Last Supper. Uh, we're not going to get into all that part of it uh, on today's lesson. But remember, that's an undercurrent, that, that we know that Judas the betrayer is right there in the middle of all this. And Christ knew this very well. 
he makes reference to this. We call this the Last Supper uh, because it would indeed be the last physical time that Jesus would sit down with his apostles and have a meal to do this very human activity. As I started today, we were talking about how we as humans uh, celebrate and get together this way. It's just a normal part of our lives. This takes on a very special significance because this is a Passover feast. It's happening at the time when uh, the people of Hebrew tradition were remembering their salvation from Egypt. Uh, the meal that they would eat, uh, there are many elements of it, more than just two, and each of those elements has some relationship to the great act of salvation in the Hebrew Bible, and that's the salvation of the children of Israel from Egyptian slavery. We take two of those elements, the bread and the wine, and now as Christians we have made them symbolic of the great act of salvation in the New Testament, which of course is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke, they are now in the upper room. They're in the location where uh, they were going to share this meal together. The apostles themselves, not aware of the significance of what's going on. Jesus, of course, does know from the beginning what's going on here. We're going to begin reading in verse 14. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. So Jesus has been looking forward to this special time with his companions. By the way, companion is a very interesting word. If you look it up, it comes from the Old French. It's a combination of two words, com, with, and the word pan for, for the word bread. So literally, your companion is somebody that you break bread with. In this sense, Jesus and his apostles have been companions now for at least three years. They've been traveling together, eating together, spending most of their time together. But this particular meal, this particular sharing of bread, makes them his truest and closest companions at this time. And he's been eager. He's been looking forward to this symbolic time that he's going to have with them. And he's talking about this symbol having its fulfillment in the kingdom of God. In other words, this is going to be something that as opposed to being the Last Supper, really, in a way, is the first time that uh, a new ritual is going to be uh, started here, and a new meaning is going to be added to these particular elements of the dinner. A lot of people have mentioned that uh, the uh, the ancient uh, Hebrews, uh, the, the upper room, they had very low tables, and they probably reclined on pillows. They didn't have nice chairs. When I think of this uh, particular meal taking place, of course, we all think about the painting, The Last Supper, and they're sitting in nice Italian chairs there. Uh, so that probably is not the way it really looked. If we were to get a real uh, view of this particular uh, historic event, we would have seen people at a low table with cushions, pillows, those kind of things, reclining on their elbows in order to share the meal together. 
After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So Jesus is looking beyond the time that he is going to be arrested, tried, crucified, buried, and then resurrected. He's looking beyond that at a time when his future followers will be observing this very ritual as we continue to do today in the Christian church. So this opens the, uh, the particular event. Then he goes to the two specific elements that are going to be part of it. Now, this was an entire meal. They, they served meat and other vegetables, things. A Passover meal uh, today called a Seder, if you've ever uh, been with a, with a Jewish family and been invited to their home for a Seder, you know that it's a full-on, uh, real, full meal. But we as Christians have just taken these two elements and have put them into our ritual to remember what Jesus means to us and what his sacrifice means to us. Verse 19, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. This do in remembrance of me. So when this particular element, this particular part of the communion process takes place, we're thinking about the body, the physical body of Christ. The, we're thinking about the place where his soul resided while he was on earth. We're thinking about his physical body that represents the spiritual side as well. So his physical body is going to be given up. Christ is going to sacrifice his life. So the bread part of the sacrifice reminds us of this willingness to give up the physical side on Jesus's part. So we have this one particular element, and it's passed among the, uh, the apostles, and they eat of the bread. Verse 20, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is poured out for you. Now, during a Seder meal, there are many different times when people would eat part of the meal, and then cups would be passed around. So this is the final part of the ritual, the final cup. And the wine, the fruit of the vine, we today in the Methodist Church use grape juice, and as many uh, other Protestant churches do. This now represents the very essence of life. And when we think back on it, this goes all the way back, really, to the Hebrew tradition of animal sacrifice. When the body of the animal was often burned, given to God that way, the blood was drained, and the blood sacrifice was part of what was going on. The Apostle Paul tells us, based on his uh, study of, of the Hebrew faith and his uh, his belief system before he became a Christian, that the shedding of blood, the loss of blood, the life essence of the animal had to be given back to God. And in this, Jesus is taking the cup. They would have had a cup of wine, of course, in the Passover meal. And this is now going to represent for us this part of the communion, 
So today's lesson basically looks at the beginning of the ritual, which we continue to celebrate as a Christian church, as Christian people. We are the companions of Christ because in the communion service we are breaking bread, we are doing this ritual. But there was a lot more to it than that. Just being there for that one meal uh, was certainly not what the apostles were about. They were about a whole lot of other things. Going from that place, they took the message that Jesus gave them. They faltered for a while. They, they weren't all uh, where they should have been during the trial and all these things. But after Jesus' resurrection, they came back together. And you can just imagine the next time after Jesus had been resurrected that they had a chance to go through this again. The difference that it would have made to them to realize now that they were part of this sacrifice. And even though this ritual has now lasted for more than 2,000 years, for each of us in the Christian faith, it still has a great relevance to us today. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you so much for the sacrifice of Jesus, and thank you for giving us this memorial, which we can look at, which we can participate in, which we can physically be there for, that reminds us that we are the companions of Christ and the companions of all of those who follow Christ and who attempt to do His will in their lives. Help us to share this companionship with others this week. In Christ's name, amen.